broadcasting from an undisclosed location. From a secret hunting spot known only to him. And the guy who told him about it. And possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics. Welcome back to another week of The Hunting Show. I'm your host, Stephen Spargo. And it's really a, a funny thing. You're trying to think of new ideas and new things to do with the show. And it's kind of that I look at it and I go, same format, me having a rant, a little bit of an interview, followed by an outro, and we're done for another week. And coming up with something that's a little bit out there that isn't too narcissistic, you know, this isn't a show about me, is actually quite difficult. So what I've decided to do is put it out there. What I'm going to do is start advertising or start promoting hunting events around the country. So what I need you to do is tell me about them, because a lot of these small town hunting, pig hunting competitions or deer stalking competitions uh, and other hunting events just don't get the publicity that they need. I'm not saying I'm necessarily the best person to do that, but hey, it's free publicity. So, and if it goes well, I may even put an events page up on our website. We'll see how that goes. I'm not sure whether you're going to send me enough information, whether this is going to be naff. Let's just experiment with it, people. So send me in your uh, your local hunting events, info at thehuntingshow.co.nz, or chuck them to me on Facebook, and we'll have a look. I, I genuinely do think that there's a need out there to promote these hunting events, not because mentioning it on the show is necessarily going to give you a whole lot of extra entrance, although I hope that it'll give you a few. It's actually that it's really nice to talk about them. There's a lot of events happening around the country. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes on that really no one ever hears about except everyone that's within a few hundred or even a few kilometres from that local pub that's hosting the competition or your clubhouse, or, or wherever that you meet. So let's have the let's give it a go, guys. Send me in for information. Tell me about your local competitions, your local hunting events. I don't really want to go down the path of advertising AGMs. If we get a website, we may, uh, or if we add a page to a website, rather, we may put AGMs and stuff on there. But I don't think it's very interesting to for you to know that the local Makatu Pig Hunting Club have got an AGM coming up on July the 4th. You know, all welcome, cup of tea served afterwards. I don't really think that's going to be interesting radio. So tell me about your competitions. Maybe give me a little bit of a rundown of what you could possibly win or what the categories are. Give me some background, and I think we can publicize them and uh, and make the show just that little bit more interesting. Easy peasy. We'll see how it goes. I'm not sure whether you guys are going to take the time out to send me that information. Also, if you've got a great international uh, hunting event that's on, Send me that too, and we'll see whether it's relevant. I'm happy to put that on. We know we've got lots of listeners in Australia, the US, and the UK, uh, because you guys send me emails all the time. Give it a go. That's all I'm going to say on that matter for now. This week's interview is with a, a relatively new hunter. She's a writer for NZ Outdoor magazine. She's an artist or self-confessed artist, and it's Dougie. How are you going? Yeah, mate. Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Oh, kicking along. It's um, a beautiful day here in Topol. Now, you're over in the Hawke's Bay somewhere, aren't you? Yep. Yeah, um, I live in sort of sort of Napier is the closest place for me. Yeah, not far from Napier. Well, I'm, an, I'm a Hastings born and bred boy, personally. But, oh, really? Yeah, don't hold that against me. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a little bit dodgy, but but I grew out of it. Thousands don't. Oh, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, <laughs> how did you how did you get into hunting? How did this all begin? Um. Well, I I sort of got into a little bit of target shooting first. Um, at my I, I went to high school in Christchurch, and um, we actually had a little twenty five meter range underneath the gymnasium at my school. Gee. So uh, at, at that time, yeah, pretty cool, eh? Um, but at that time, I was um, I was in the cadet forces as well. So we did target shooting at cadets, but target shooting at school meant that we could use slings. So I was like ten times better at it at school. So I got got into that, and then shooting paper got a little bit boring. So I started going out shooting rabbits with my with my friends and my leaders at cadets and things, and yeah, sort of just put it, yeah, just put it put it at at that. Just um, you know, like magpies and and bunnies and hares and that sort of thing. And then later in life, um, I joined the army. And on my basic training, I was I was a scout, so I got to learn how to mince around and the chimanolas and stuff. And from there, I sort of decided that deer were pretty cool to try and hunt. It's interesting because that that leap from hunting or shooting rabbits and and hares and bits and pieces to deer stalking mm. or pig hunting is is actually it's a it's a big bridge to cross. So, that first year, you know, of just seeing nothing and struggling. Um, yeah. Did the army help you with that, or did you go through that like everybody else? Um, no, well, I, I went and did all my basic, and then I was actually injured right at the end, and um, and I found myself on quite a long a long period of, um, of injury leave, basically, and... Um, I was in Wellington. I, I took my leave in Wellington, and there's not really, if you've been there, there's not really a whole lot of uh, nice populated bush around there. So um, I started doing little day trips and going around, and I just I giggled when you said like that first year because that would be awesome if it was a year for me. I think it was about <laughs> two years. <laughs> um, but uh, I just started. Going, I joined a hunting um, forum online and just soaked it up man i just went out there and and walked around and tried to find deer so yeah good i think it was about 18 months to two years before i shot my first deer and i'd actually i'd traveled for that as well yeah so i think i think the army probably um maybe confirmed to me that 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 might be something fun to do but um it's definitely a different a different skill set to deer stalking that's for sure. Mm. So uh, you're a little bit like me. I didn't get introduced to hunting until I was in my early teens, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't grow up with it. it. It wasn't in my blood from the very start. You see a lot of these young kids mm. coming in, and their dads. They're on their dads' shoulders from the time they're sort yeah. of two and three. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> how did you? Yeah. Um, how did you like me? You're sort of getting into it later in life, and I, I also took a break yeah. there in the middle when I was at university and did all that stuff and didn't get a whole lot of hunting in. So yeah. Did, did, how did you find that first? I mean, you look in the magazines and everyone seems to be getting something every five minutes, don't mm. they? Yeah, and that that's something that's quite um, discouraging as a new hunter. Um, it, it's yeah, you kind of have to just take everything with a bit of a bit of a grain of salt because 
I, I was the same as you, you know, I'd go, I'd be like, sweet, I need to learn about this thing. Oh, cool, there's a there's a magazine that's got a really cool picture of a big deer on the front, I'll buy that and read it, and it's like 150 pages of all these trophy stags, and, you know, oh, I went out and jumped out of the truck, and there's a deer on the road, and I shot the deer and took it home, and, and I wasn't experiencing any of that, um, which I really beat myself up about it, and I... Um, I remember the other day you were talking to your friend and, and you guys called up Jamie after one of your unsuccessful hunts That's and right. you said, oh, how, 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 did, how did you think that was, mate? And he just went, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I can totally, totally identify with that. Um, I had, and that was only his second hunt, eh? I've, I right. had a whole year of that. <laughs> so it's, it's hard, but you've just got to think about um, what information you want to take in from all of that stuff. And he's yeah. probably a little bit lucky that I'm taking him out. He's going out with someone that's Definitely. A, very moderately you know, experienced hunter. Um, yeah. But for you, I get the impression that that wasn't the case. You know, you really lone wolfed it and, and did you have to seek out that Yeah, advice? I did. Um, well, I did a lot. I I went on my day trips by myself. I had... Um, I'd, I injured my shoulder in my training, so I could I was sort of limited in how much stuff I could carry. So I'd go on yeah day day trips in the winter, and maybe maybe a few lightly packed overnighters in the summer. And I just wrote about um, what I was experiencing on on this forum, and um, it ended up that uh, the guys actually all got together and um, they built me a rifle. Because I, d- I didn't even have a rifle. I was just walk- I was just trying to find deer. There was no point carrying a gun because I wasn't seeing anything. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, yeah, they all came together and they built me my first rifle. And then from there on, I sort of um, decided which which places it was worth it for me to travel. So I did quite a lot of um, quite a lot of travelling around the South Island and the North Island, and going on day hunts with a different different bunch of sort of semi experienced people and and. Just went from there, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't have like one person that took me out hmm. um, and taught me. So a lot of self-taught stuff, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting mistakes made along the way. Yeah, it's interesting because even when I took Carl out, you know, I was saying to him as we're driving along this road, you know, the other week I was here and I, and one bounced out in front of me, you know, and and yeah. he just didn't get to see that. And for me, as someone teaching him, that was really disappointing. Um, and, and, and yeah, and what you what you said as well about him being pressured, like. You you really want him to get a deer because he's your mate, and you you know that he's going to yeah. be elated. But on the other end of that, that's quite a lot of pressure as well. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get that balance. Eh? Well, the good thing is, is we went out. We've been out a couple of times since, and he actually managed to spook a deer about three or four feet away from where he was standing. Uh, oh and, wow! And, and all he did was turn to me and go, "There are deer out here." <laughs> he, yeah. I, I'm sure he yes. was convinced I was yeah. lying. Yeah. And that, that's such a huge thing as a novice is just going to places where there are deer um, and seeing sign and yeah, it's just that yeah that might be a little bit um, underrated for people who have been shooting deer their whole lives and you know they've got a good little posse that they go oh this freezer is a bit empty I'll go shoot a deer. Taking new people to those places is just amazing. Like I remember the first time I saw a seeker, I yeah. I couldn't sleep that night. I saw it at like six. 70 yards or something like that in, in my binoculars and I was so excited I couldn't sleep. Mm. <laughs> so but those experiences are just gold. And I'm even finding now, and again, it's that whole moderately 
experienced hunter buzz is talking on the show to guys like Cam Speedy who who just managed to the the, the knowledge just pours out of them and you're, oh, and you're absorbing it all the time, aren't you? Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, well, they say that those people have forgotten more than you <laughs> you ever know about deer. Yeah. Now I read on on your blog here that you're you've got a crazy love for j- green pajamas. What what's that? <laughs> I was just talking about um, my old army uniform. It's, it feels like you're wearing pajamas in the bush. Oh right, I, I just I read that and I was like, "There's got to be something weird going on there." <laughs> no, I call I call my DPMs my pajamas. Okay, that's fair. That that was that was nowhere near as good a story as it could have been. <laughs> you were you thought you were on the side. I did. Actually. I thought I was onto a real trick actually. <laughs> Now you've no, been no, no. A, obviously been a female hunter and a new one at that. What advice do you have yeah. for other women, particularly that want to get into hunting? Because I think it's a it's it's still a very male dominated sport or craft. Um, mm. But I think it's not the blokes that do that. You know, I I, I love the idea of women getting out and going for a hunt and getting into sure. into the into what we have here naturally. Um, so, yeah. what advice do you have? I mean, I don't really, I've always been sort of a, a tomboy and a bit of a lone wolf, so I've never really gone out hunting with with other girls, to be honest. But um, I think one of the scariest things I've ever experienced in my life was when I was on my basic and I had to live in a room with seven other girls. Like, that was just so frightening <laughs> to me. <laughs> but, um, but with good reason, too, to be honest. But, uh, no, I think, I think just get in there. Um, just give it a go. Like, people... People love um, newbies regardless of their gender, and just just give it a crack. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake, or if anything, you'll probably remember that that thing better if you make the mistake rather than someone say, "Oh, don't don't slam the door" or whatever. You know, like experiencing it yourself, and probably from like a a bit of a maybe a safety and a confidence side of things just take a mate with you mm. just do just go like go to chicks or if you've got a really good like or your brother or you know someone just just take someone else with you and go hard it's just it's it's fun it's, if you think it's going to be fun it's going to be like 10 times better than mm. than you originally thought this might sound like a really strange question but i i look at it if i if, if say you you got in touch with me and you said look i really want to get into hunting and and I'd like you to take me out or whatever. And then I said yeah. to my wife, oh, there's this chick I don't really know, and she just got in touch with me, and she wants to go overnight in the bush with me. Um, I don't know how – like, she's a cool chick, but I don't know what she'd think about that. Is that an issue at yeah. all for you? Has uh, it been? Not for me because I don't have a wife. No, no, you don't have a wife. And, and, and hey, look, my wife listens to the show, and she's cool. I don't think that – and she's not the jealous sort. Gosh, I have to backtrack now, don't I? But what I'm saying is I, it, there is that kind of – you know, guy taking um, a I chick think, thing. I, really? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think, um, yeah, I think it's, I think that's uh, not an issue, but that's a factor. Um, yeah. And I'm kind of, I'm sort of done with with that now. Like I'm kind of at a point now where I'm, I'm really enjoying my solo hunts. Yeah. Um, and I've got, I've, I've met a lot of people, and generally, like I'll, I'll never put myself in that position where it's just a one on one with someone that I don't know. Like, you know, for everybody's for everybody's yeah. sake, it's better to go in a, in a group or a party of three or whatever. But um, yeah, you soon you soon sort of get your um, get your little circle, and and those are the people that you 
that you go out with more, and you know maybe their yeah maybe their families know the situation a bit better. Or um, it's it's funny. I'm sure you probably have um, experienced this as well. But you can put it you can put the feelers out there and say to four different people, "Hey, let's go hunting on this day in six weeks." And everybody goes, yeah, man, that's awesome. And then come the day, it's either just you by yourself or one other person that's actually committed to it. So yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason, it's not. It's not like yeah, it's not like you always go hunting with the people that you planned on. But um, yeah, I, I probably missed out on meeting a few people because they weren't quite comfortable with that. But it's cool, you know. It's not the end of the world. It's interesting because you, you've you've opened a little bit of a door here about solo hunting versus hunting with your mates. And for mm. me, I, I have this real thing that I think for me, hunting's a lot about who I'm with and where I am. And, and yeah, I, sure. I say that a lot. And I do enjoy yeah. solo hunting and I find that it really chills me out. But then there's that moment yeah. where you see something that you, you didn't get to take a photo of or you, you haven't. It just makes it a bit cooler. It validates your story, you know. Otherwise, yeah. it's, it's like a fishing story that it was this big and no one saw it, you know. Um, yeah. I I do more hunting with another person than I do solo hunting, but it's a, it's an area yeah. I want to explore a little bit more. Uh, it's definitely different. It's a whole other it's a whole other game, eh? And and I know exactly what you're saying because I I enjoy that as well, and um, that's where my sort of storytelling comes into it as well. That's why I really like my writing because um, I think as well. Um, I like to sort of prove that I'm doing it by myself. Maybe that's a little bit yeah. selfish, or but if no one else was there and there's a dead deer on the back of my truck, then I'm the only one that could have shot that. Right. <laughs> so maybe it's that's... proving myself. I don't know, but I I do enjoy both. But yeah, I know I know what you're saying about the the biggest fish is the one that someone almost caught <laughs> is sort of the same thing as well. Yeah, and and I I also I'm not a big fan of doing overnighters by myself for some reason. I like to sit around the fire and talk crap. I mean that's why I'm in radio, you know. It, it, yeah. Um. So and, and having done it, I didn't find it a horrible experience. I didn't find it particularly yeah. scary or, or anything like that. It's just something that it yeah. didn't it didn't really appeal. Um. Do you think that um you have any advice for someone wanting to do more solo hunting? You know, there's the whole PLB issue and safety and all that kind of stuff yeah. as well, isn't there? Yeah, it's um, definitely, definitely going to PLB. Um, and I've not, I've not gone. I've only just sort of realised this, but I've not actually gone solo somewhere that I haven't gone before with someone else. Right. So, and I, I'm a strong believer that the scariest thing about learning to hunt is going into the bush. It's not shooting something because people can shoot it's not it's not hard to shoot like people they you can go down to the range and you can shoot some paper you can do that you can carry a pack like you can do all these things you can drive your truck out there you can put up your tent blah 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 you know you can butcher a deer but the bush is especially in New Zealand is quite a scary place and it needs to be respected and yeah to date I haven't I haven't gone anywhere by myself but I haven't done a recce or at least a couple of hunts with, with someone else there and you can bounce ideas off each other and it's just a little bit more familiar. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you ever hunted overseas? No, I haven't. Oh, well, no. it's interesting because I haven't hunted 
anywhere outside of New Zealand and a couple of the Pacific Islands, and even the Pacific Islands, I wasn't really hunting. I was walking with a guide, and you know, I wouldn't call that solo yeah. hunting. But from yeah, what sure. I can gather, that you know, I've taken some Americans out into the bush with me. They think the bush here is gnarly, and they also say it's really disorientating as well. So you're right yeah. there. Right? The, the bush is the is the the scariest barrier, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And there and there are places that are scarier than others. Um, I wrote an article about doing the Tongariro Crossing, which um, I, I did that by myself the first time. Mm. And um, it was it's quite funny because you look at the map and you're like, oh, yeah, sweet, there's like a big mountain here and a big mountain here. Like, I know where I'm going to be. And that that is cool. But um, I described it as like going to a party where you don't know anyone. So physically you're surrounded by people, but... When when the shit hits the fan, you are really by yourself because a lot of those people are from overseas or you know there. I saw people doing the Tongariro crossing in jandals. Like, yeah, it was just that. mental. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> it was mental. I'm disappointed too. You know, I, I think that the Tongariro crossing needs some sort of bond uh, for Kiwis with these guys because so many of them get rescued off there all the time on fine days, yeah. bad days, and different days. Yeah. Um, and it's an alpine walk. What's going through their head? Mm. I know. But yeah, if if I needed help out there, I would, you know, I'm totally by myself, kind of thing. If I broke my leg or something, you know, there might be people there, but I'd have to be conscious to actually give people directions of what to yeah. do with me. I I also find when I'm in the bush and I come across another hunting party, so say myself and a mate or just myself, and all of a sudden we we mm. find another hunting party, I'm almost disappointed. I'm like, oh, there's people here. This sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same as well. I'll say day, and it's cool to see other people enjoying it. But the worst thing is, I don't know if you've ever cut your own track um, somewhere or you've found a little mm. posse and, and you go back there. You go back there and, like, I'm, I'm like, really big on, you know, what you take in is what you what you take out kind yeah. of thing. And I always, whenever I'm doing anything, even if I've sat down glassing for 20 minutes or an hour or whatever, I'll have a little look around before I leave. But... Um, if you go to your little spot and there's like a minty's wrapper or something there, and you're just like, oh, so gutted. <laughs> Someone yeah. else has been here. It's and even worse when there's there. like half a dozen backcountry food bloody packets and, and two cans yeah. of beer or something, you know? Yeah, shocking, eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> so you, you've, you've, you've been hunting for a little while now. You must have built up a, a back catalogue of a couple of good stories you can tell us, eh? Uh, yeah, oh, I was actually thinking about this one just before, that um, talking about um, just, yeah, the bush being sort of freaky. Um, I, I did I did write about, I think this was my first article for NZ Outdoor, and I went out into the Kaimanawas, oh, maybe it wasn't actually, but <laughs> I went out into the Kaimanawas um, a couple of times to the same sort of spot with, with a couple of different mates, and then I decided, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be it, I'm going to go here by myself. And um, followed our little track that we'd made, and everything was going well. And I got just sort of broke into the bush, and it was really um, like cornflakes, like super dry. You know how they, especially the Kaimanawas, get like that. It's just, yeah, really, really dry. So I thought, right, well, I've got to sort of change the plan a bit here. I can't be stalking anymore. So I sat down and found my good little posse, wind perfect just looking at this game trail and I sat there, I knew that I was going to be there for a while and I sat there for three hours, like quite happy, just glassing and just looking down and chilling out, conditions were perfect and then I I had no idea what it was but 
just very suddenly I decided I was incredibly uncomfortable with where I was. Um, I'd actually gone off the edge of my map. So I had I had my GPS coordinates, um, but I wasn't on a map that I could see, and I just freaked out, just got up, packed on my stuff. I had my little Barry Crump book, packed everything <laughs> back in my, in, my, in my bag, just blitzed it, absolutely blitzed it. Like I had my compass out. I knew that I had to go south to get back to this, um, this track that I knew, so I was just like going hard, which kind of isn't the best thing to try and do in, in that particular area. There's a lot of trees that have fallen over and I'm like scrambling trying to get through and I think I had my 260 which is about as long as I am tall so I'm just like just a yeah a hurricane going through the bush and I got to this big tree and I go to climb over it and just got to the top and I thought just hang on just have two seconds breath just get your brain back and while I was sitting there for like yeah maybe two or three seconds I just heard this and the bloody seeker were chasing me through the bush. And I thought, you bastards. I was there for three hours waiting for them, and then as soon as I made all this noise and was crashing through, they bloody chased me. So <laughs> I wasn't very happy about that, but yeah. but also very happy at the same time that I knew there were deer there. But, um, yeah, pretty crazy. Seeker are crazy. Oh, they are. They're bizarre animals. But one thing I just wanted to bring out of that is that whole panicking instinct, you know? And I, I was always sort of take a safety spot you know i know that there's a road that bifurcates the yeah the entire perfect area. that's exactly what you should do yeah yep. and that it's at whatever degrees it is on the compass or whatever direction and i know that no matter what happens if i walk in that direction for long enough i, I will yep. get to it and uh yeah so I always take a couple of little readings and everyone thinks I'm a bit of a dork, but I, I take them and store them in my brain. And it was really interesting to watch someone get quite stressed out when I started to go, well, actually, I'm not quite sure where we are anymore. And it didn't stress yeah. me out because I had that fail safe and actually we ended up um, back on quite a, a public track in the end, which was a little bit unnerving for people as we sort of walk out looking like, <laughs> like we did. Um, carrying carrying firearms and bits and pieces, but it's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, but, but, I think if I hadn't done that, my instinct might have been to actually stress, well, maybe not stress out, but to to start to worry and make some rash decisions. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's, unless you have a GPS, you don't, well, for me anyway, I don't know exactly where I am, and I'm okay with that. I, I know where the river is, and I know where that mountain is, and I know where that farmland is, or there's pine trees or whatever, and it doesn't really matter exactly where I am because I know how to get, out and right. I think I think hunting and, and just being in the bush in general is just getting more comfortable with the fact that like like you said you didn't know where you were but that's okay yeah I was because fine. you know how to get out yeah. yeah yeah and I wasn't in a particular hurry either I, I don't I really don't like hunting to a time I know that you've got to do all that you've got to let someone know that you'll be out by a certain time and mm. your safety and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I hate, you know, doing an after work afternoon hunt and I'm lucky enough to live somewhere where that's quite possible. And yeah, sure. And then going, oh gosh, I, I've got a meeting at a certain time and I've got to get out for that. And I find that yeah. puts extra pressure on me. So I've invested in one of those spots. Have you seen those? You know, the little square thing that you can message by satellite and the great thing is you message out and they get a text oh, saying you're okay or that you're running late because yeah. you're predetermined but they can't message you back so you don't get those horrible you know mary smith had a baby you should be you know yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. no yeah. one can touch <laughs> no one can get in contact with me but i can let them know that i'm cool um have you ever been in that situation where you've got to hunt to a time and then you're, you're on to something and um, it I, I try i'm i try not to do that as well um 
And who cares if you've got a meeting in the morning? <laughs> if you've got a deer, you'll be tough. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't really. Um, I don't really put that sort of constraint on myself either. I think. I think being realistic about it. I've got mm. a friend that I hunt with who who likes to. Um, He'll, you know, we'll go out and he'll be like, yeah, I'd love to, love to be in bed by 10 o'clock tonight, guys. And it's like we all sort of giggle about it because that's kind of, that's not really that realistic, especially when it's getting dark at 10 past nine, you know. You, you're out you're out for the afternoon and, yeah, you might be a little bit tired tomorrow, but, hey, you'll be tired and happy. It's <laughs> quite interesting. For me at work, there's been a couple of times I've been absolutely exhausted in the last couple of weeks. And it's because I didn't get yeah. home to sort of 2 o'clock in the morning and I was back at work by 7.30, you know. And yeah. and people say, oh, you look a bit tired. So you're out hunting. They're like, all right. <laughs> very, very cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, it's fun. It's just part of it. I think, yeah, if, if, you, if you were really clever and you had a really big meeting or a job interview or whatever, you just, you just wouldn't go that day. You just you really? Day. You reckon? <clears throat> yeah. Really? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Or just book in your job interviews for the afternoon. <laughs> no, you've, I'm a bit let down then. I'd take the risk. No, I don't know. I'll see. Um, so what next for you? You've started this blog and it started to take off. You've got a, a good number, nearly a 1,000 followers that I see. What's a common theme? What are the common questions you've been asked or common things that keep coming up for you? Um, I think just thinking about my followers, I've actually found that, um, that it's a, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought that I would just sort of share with people what I've been doing. And I, I kind of thought that most people that would be interested in me would be people that have been hunting for years and years and years. And they're, and they're looking at my experiences going, Oh, I remember that, you know, 20 years ago when I first started and wasn't that a cool feeling. But that's uh, the reality is only half of my followers are like that. The other half are like me, and they're just getting into it. And um, actually recently, a good example of this, recently um, or at our, at our um, Christmas party for the magazine, we went um, to Loaded NZ and we did a bit of um, clay bird shooting and a bit of archery, and I just got hooked on the bow, and I... I got a bit of instruction and um, I did a whole lot of reading and a whole lot of target shooting. I, bought, I ended up buying a bow, did a whole lot of target shooting and then I shot my first um, goat with my bow a few weeks ago. And I, sh- I Obviously, I was elated, so I shared that up on my <laughs> Facebook page. I was absolutely yeah. stoked. You know, it was awesome. And it actually freaked me out quite a lot that I had quite a few people, about half a dozen people message me saying, hey, where did you get your bow? I'd love, love to do that. And here I am just thinking, oh, my God, this 12-year-old kid is going to go out and buy a bow and he's going to shoot the neighbor's cat. Or, you know, like, there's, I'm, <laughs> I'm finding it really difficult. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, I have to be careful about what I'm sharing. And, and you know, I, I only work part-time, so I hunt full-time. And if you only hunt six times a year, well, I hunt six times a week. So... It's not realistic for people to think that they're following me and they go, oh, yeah, oh, I'm 25 as well. I'm just getting into hunting. And, you know, Dougie got a deer um, after two two months of wandering around in the Kaimano. I was like, oh, I'll get a deer in two months. That's not really realistic. So I've been finding it's quite difficult that I – well, not difficult, but I need to be careful about um, – letting people know that there is a lot of background stuff. I'm, I'm constantly reading. If I'm not hunting, I'm 
I'm reading about stuff um, and I'm and I'm learning. But in terms of what's next, I don't know. I just I'm just out there giving it a go. I'd I'd love to get more people into it um, and young people and maybe even people my age that thought, oh, you know, my mate Billy, his dad hunts, so Billy was that little kid on his dad's shoulder and, you know, mm. all of that, but I never had that, so I can't do it. Like, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You can be any age and state. So I'd just love to get more people starting and getting out there. One question that I do have for you, and it's something that I've got to be very careful about as well, is actually what yeah. what do you post? Uh, because the last thing I want to do is give hunting as a sport and as a craft a, a, mm, a, bad, a bad name, you know. Some of the sites yeah. I've gone onto, and some of the forums, particularly Facebook forums, that are a little less control, um, and and also the forums are either full of just old whiners that, are, that seem mm. to have nothing else <laughs> to do. And I hate to criticize. There's some really good, genuine people on there too, but the ones that seem yeah. to do the most posts are just old whiners that you you're going, oh really? Um, so that gives the sport a bad name. Or you go onto yeah. a, a hunting forum on Facebook and have a look and think, oh, I might find some good interviews or some good content on here and it's full of just really gory horrible stuff you know yeah and, and i for me i look at that and it doesn't stress me out too much or, or whatever but i i have to look at it from a public point of view and i don't want to sure, i don't yeah. want to portray that on that we're just a bunch of people that are bloodthirsty and and so it's a it's a really i when you find out can you tell me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's definitely a learning curve for me, because um, I've got the most genuine intentions. I, I love going out with my friends, and I love learning and, and shooting stuff and bringing it home, and you know, just and learning how to butcher and just the whole the whole package is attractive to me. And I think I can be quite naive with um, some things that I've put up in the past or whatever, and it's kind of yeah, people have taken it the wrong way or. I don't know. You just have to. You just have to try. I, I've got some really good friends that have been doing this a, a long, a much longer time than me, and and it's good to just bounce ideas off of, off of other people. But um, yeah, it's definitely still a learning, a learning curve. I um, you'll have to get the the, the new um, ne- uh, next month's magazine because I, I um, I shot a big stag in hard velvet. And man, that was a learning curve for me. Yeah, <laughs> I've not really. I, I tried to. I tried to learn a little bit from our good old American friend Melissa Duckman when she shot yeah. that lion and put a big photo up. And you know, I've, I've tried to keep on thinking about repercussions of things like that. But I just. I. I got the instructions to go to this farm and kill everything that wasn't a cow eating the grass because it's so dry <laughs> here that yeah. the. That the farmers are, you know, and they and and the and the owner of the of the property, he knew that there were deer there. I didn't, and I think that was his little gift to me. Was, you know, he he sort of said because I said, oh, we're shooting goats, right? And he said, yeah, and everything that eats grass that isn't a cow, like wink, yeah. wink. And I'm kind of like, what are you on about? So, you know, that was his little gift to me as this huge big surprise for me. But, you know, if you don't if you don't know the whole story and you're a big um, you know, trophy hunter, and I, I got so much hate mail from that. I just, I couldn't believe it. See, I, I don't <laughs> I really just, get yeah. hate mail as such. I just get this weird anti-hunting mail. Um, uh, yeah, as a, I think yeah. because we're a, we're a little bit different. We're not. It's not about an individual. Um, yeah, I just get all this anti-hunting stuff from all over the world. You know, 
And, uh, and yeah. have you struck that yet? Uh, once on one of my Instagram photos, someone called me an assassin and they, t- they spelled it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously don't know the definition of assassination. Yeah. But um, not, not really. Not, not really. And I think maybe that's just because I'm new and no, no one really knows who I am. But um, yeah, I, when, I, when I shot my first year um, about three years ago, it was a really big, big-bodied um, red stag, like after the roar, and it was really, you know, looking at it now, anyone that would like trophies would say, oh, you know, that's a really poor-conditioned animal, but um, it doesn't stop the fact that the head is, is in my dining room because <laughs> it's my first one. But um, my mum actually disowned me for about a month. <laughs> she didn't talk to me. And I, lo- I love animals. I love my dog. I'm right into my dog training as well. And... Um, and I had so many people say, oh, if you love dogs, how could you do this? And and um, I had no idea about that. And, that yeah, that was a lot of my family in Canada were sort of, yeah, looking down on me saying, oh, I didn't think you had it in you and that kind of thing, which, yeah. yeah I've, I, I've I don't there. like killing yeah. stuff. It's not kind of like, you know, it's not it's not the, the blood and gore. And I think also because in the photographs, for me to carry it, I had to cut its head off. Right. Um, it <laughs> yeah. was about 90 kilos, and at that time I would have been about 55. So it it was a lot of weight for me to be carrying, and a big floppy set of antlers isn't really going to help me carry that. So um, oh, we had to chop that off, but it looks pretty horrendous if you've never seen anything like that before or you don't understand it. Mm. Um, but that's kind of the extent of international hate that I've gotten, <laughs> yeah, thankfully. I've got a really black and white view on these things. You know, I don't really see the difference between, in theory, between a cow and a deer. You know, they're, they're both animals. They both had lives. They both, you know, mm. lived and ate grass and did all that kind of stuff. Um, so mm. I'm probably a little bit more black. That's yeah. pretty horrendous. I, I still buy steak from the butcher, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, if I want to, yeah, yeah, I do. I don't. I yeah, I've been to the slaughterhouse. I didn't like it, and I can have all sorts of ethical issues. But I'll still buy steak from the butcher. So yeah, the, the, and the yeah, I think it's important about. I don't know. I mean, we could probably talk about this all day, but it, it is it is one of those things that people don't, in general, people don't want to get involved with the dirty work of what you know how they live. Mm. Um, and, yeah, eating meat from the supermarket, it's awesome because it comes in styrofoam, so no animals were hurt during no, that process, not. right? No. <laughs> um, it whereas, in a jar. You know, like, <laughs> most, of the, most of the deer that I've shot, they were having the best day of their lives and eating some dinner and then, you know... It all turned to custard. Zero point two <laughs> seconds later, they were dead. <laughs> so, it, you know, that, that to me is a bit... Better. And I, I eat everything that I shoot. Um, I don't. I think the people at my supermarket probably think I'm a vegan or something because I, I don't buy meat from the supermarket. I try and either swap stuff with other people. Like um, yeah. I've got a few friends that are quite good fishermen, so I get my fish from swapping venison. Or you know, I'll eat I'll eat hare and and um, and rabbit and and whatever you know around around um, duck shooting season. I, I don't do it myself, but. I can swap with other people and pork and all of that. So, yeah, I'm not a big <laughs> I'm not a big fan of rabbit. I I take my scout group out quite often and we'll shoot rabbits or trap them and and I'll teach them how That's to skin cool. them and eat them and and there's boys and girls in there and it's really interesting who yeah. who's a bit 
you know, funny about skinning and gutting a rabbit. But I, and I pretend I like it <laughs> for their sake. Oh, yeah, this is great. But I'm, I'm not a big fan of rabbit. Hey, I don't know. I think the little, the little buggers taste a bit freaky for me. But anyway, you've been a great interview. <laughs> I digress. Freaky, okay. Yeah, a little bit freaky. I don't know. There's something about rabbit that doesn't do it for me. Look, you've been you've been a great interview. Thank you very much. And we could probably talk for hours, but it's it, it's just not that kind of show. If people want to find <laughs> more about you, where do they go? Um, you can look me up on Facebook. It's probably my biggest thing. So, um, Dougie Hunt Write and Paint. Yep. And I've got I've got an Instagram account as well, which I kind of you you get to see a bit more of the ins and outs of what I'm doing every day. Um, just mucking around and learning stuff and lots of gunplay, um, and that's Dougie's view, one yep. word on um, on Instagram. Instagram's a bit girly though, eh? Like I'm I'm not really into it. I, I, I struggle. It's a weird media. It's a weird media. Lots of spam. Yeah, kind of okay, weird. Yeah. No, I've, but, I've avoided um, Instagram, but it's good for quickly sharing stuff. Yeah, yeah, and girls like it. There you go. There you go. Well, that's that's my opinion, and I'm going to stick by it, and, and I'm sure I'm going to get hate mail for that too. Um, what I'll do is in, in the comment section of this podcast, I'll put links to your Facebook page, and if you can flick me a link to your Instagram, I'll put that on there too. And I've got the latest uh, issue of NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine, and I will check out your article in there. I haven't even opened it yet. It arrived in the mail this morning. Oh, wicked. Yeah, so thank you so much, and I will chat again. Eh? Let's do this again in a few months' time catch up and see by then you might have thought a little bit more and you do that thing you do after you've had an interview like oh i wish i said this and i wish i talked about that <laughs> write them down and well, maybe do i then. can maybe by then i can tell you about my first seeker deer have you not okay. shot a seeker deer yet? no i've shot a seeker red hybrid <laughs> oh okay so yeah. but but not a seeker so yeah maybe you could try and get one and i'll try and get one okay well, well it's it's not a competition because that's weird but we will talk about this in a couple of months time <laughs> it's, totally, it's totally a competition <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, I, and I'm not competitive at all normally like I've actually got the shakes now you've you've started something good yeah well, we, you're, you're clever then <laughs> <laughs> we will catch up soon thank you so much for your time awesome thanks Stephen Well, that's us for another week. Remember, you can win your very own 12-month subscription to NZ Outdoor Hunting Magazine. All you've got to do is be active with us, share the page, like the page, interact with the page. We've had a new uh, winner recently. Congratulations, dude. I won't give out your name on air um, or your address for that matter. But, of course, if you go onto our page, you can see his photo up the top as this month's Fan of the Month. Behave out there, guys, and good hunting. Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him, and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics.